Greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show. David Carl, I'm Sandy Clough. As we head this weekend to a showdown for first place in the NCHC, DU visiting Western Michigan in Kalamazoo at Lawson Arena Friday night. It's a 5 p.m. Mountain Time start at Western Michigan. The game can be heard on 104.3 The Fan HD3, and it can be seen on CBS Sportsnet as well. Saturday night, 4 p.m. start time at Western Michigan, 104.3 The Fan HD3. And, of course, five points separate DU from Western Michigan, 44 points for the Pioneers through 20 league games, four remaining, 39 points for Western Michigan. Also, of course, with four remaining, talking about two teams that are extremely evenly matched, as we'll uh, perhaps uh, further explore later in the program. Today, ranked fourth and sixth, DU fourth, Western Michigan sixth in the latest pairwise rankings. Uh, Coach, uh, this is going to be the equivalent, I would guess, of a playoff type of series with Western Michigan this weekend. Um, Your boys coming off a split against Minnesota Duluth at home. Uh, I would take it perhaps that there's been a little bit of extra jump in your practice sessions this week. Yeah, um, it's going to be, to your point, it's going to be a great weekend of hockey um, against Western um, it's an unbelievable environment to play in. They have a great uh, following. You know, we've heard that games are already sold out uh, both nights. And um, the student section is is truly, I mean, it's something to see. It's really quite impressive, um, you know, where they're situated and, and how loud they are. And it'll be a great atmosphere for our players to, to get to play in. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, your practices have been uh, good this week. Just trying to, you know, reassert and, and uh, you know, I would say refocus our attention to detail on our defensive game and, and some of the things that give us success um, to limit shot attempts and ultimately goals against, um, which is going to be so important against uh, the highest scoring offense in the country. It is. And uh, again, we'll uh, get into some of these team stats. Remarkable how close to you and Western Michigan are uh, statistically across the board in uh, some of the team stats uh, from a national point of view. But uh, you mentioned attention to detail. Uh, You also said at least Saturday night after the 6-5 loss to Minnesota Duluth that uh, uh, there was not the level of urgency you needed, uh, at least at the start of the game. Um, is it a combination of those two, uh, one more than the other, as you uh, watch the tape, uh, particularly Saturday night? Obviously, Friday night you won 6-2. We'll get into both games in yeah. more detail in a few minutes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the attention to detail and the focus um, – you know, I think going hand in hand and the level of urgency needed to, to sweep good teams and to win games in our league. And, um, you know, I think probably the most disappointing part of the night was the penalties that we took, um, you know, three trips in the offensive zone, um, you know, a trip in the D zone that the timing of them were challenge was challenging in, um, you know, that the, the one was, in the third was right after we scored two goals and it's five, four, it's probably, it could be the loudest I've ever heard Magnus 
um, in my time here. And, um, and then the other one was right after they scored to make it four to two. Um, and then they go up five two to start the period um, <clears> or <throat> to end the period, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was that to me is focus and um, as much attention to detail as anything, but it's also a level of ur when you have urgency, you're more focused, you're more um, in tune with the details required to um, give yourself a chance. And I just thought that that wasn't winning hockey. We, we certainly could have won the game, um, but our attention to detail and our game management wasn't to a level that was deserving of a victory. And um, that's something that we've addressed or talked about um, and it needs to, it needs to, and it, it will improve um, and be ready to go for playoff hockey. We're, we're going to play in another really emotional series. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure we're going to blink a few times um, with the emotions of the series, but um, we need to see some growth in those areas um, that we, that we saw some mistakes there on Saturday night against, against a really good Duluth team. On Friday night and against Duluth, of course, they've got a great power play. You extended your penalty kill streak, I believe, to 14 penalties in a row that you were able to kill off. And uh, that obviously uh, goes back to previous games. But on Friday night, uh, I thought Jack Devine, uh, your forward, played as good a game as I've seen him play in a DU sweater. Uh, he was terrific, and he was good Saturday night. He was definitely your best player of the weekend. The NCHC forward of the week had two goals Friday night to go along with one assist. And you managed five unanswered goals after they had taken a 2-1 lead. And I didn't think their play changed that much, but uh, your play certainly did, and you found a way to adapt during the course of the game. And uh, I thought really dominate for what was then your fifth straight win. Yeah, um, Jack was Jack was great. Thought that line was really good um, as well, playing with Rizzo and Bros. And, um, you know, and, and Jack is, you know, people forget, like, he was, I think he was the youngest player, maybe the second or third youngest player in college hockey all of last year. Um, came into a, you know, a pretty loaded Ford group, um, you know, learned I think how to defend and uh, play the right way without the puck as a freshman and I think you know that's built a pretty good foundation for his game here um, into his sophomore year he started to get more um, productive and, and make more finishing plays uh, because of that that base foundation that he has to his game he doesn't seem fast uh, maybe it's true that his speed is deceptive but what I notice about his game is that he's rarely, if ever, out of position. He's almost always in the right place. Yeah, so I think that allows, you know, he doesn't, he's not the fastest player, you're right, um, but it allows him to play fast uh, because of his brain and where he's situated and positioned um, on the ice. And, um, you know, that's that's what's made in, making him, um, I think, so successful and, um Again, he's, it's, we've had players like that in the past where they're not the fastest players, but they can still play fast because their reads and, and the speed of which their reads happen at. Well, we'll talk about 
Saturday night's game when we continue, and obviously we'll look ahead uh, to the series upcoming in Kalamazoo this weekend at Western Michigan, and we'll uh, assess where DU is right now nationally, still in a pretty impressive place, and how the NCHC seems to be getting stronger. You've got teams four, five, and six in the pairwise rankings nationally out of your league. And Omaha is just outside of the top 10. We'll talk about all of that when we continue. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Sandy Clough alongside. Stay with us. We continue now with the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. As always, Sandy Clough alongside. And DU is set for their weekend series upcoming at Western Michigan, their final road trip of regular season, as they'll be finishing up home and home with Colorado College on the final weekend of the regular season. And uh, Coach, I, before we go any further, I wanted to make a point because uh, I, I think uh, we were talking earlier in the year uh, that uh, maybe before the season began, four or five teams even could make the national tournament out of your league, then it seemed like maybe four or even three. And now it's up to, I would say, uh, at least four. Um, I don't know about five, but I notice with respect to the pairwise, you're number four, St. Cloud number five, Western Michigan number six. Uh, in the top 10, only the Big Ten has more teams in the pairwise rankings than the NCHC. Do you feel your league collectively, maybe with the exception of Miami, is getting stronger? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the probably a lot of it, too, is our, our league win percentage is second in the country. Um, you look what's been going on in Hockey East. Um, they really have just been beating up on each other. Um, and when you have the, the third best non-conference record, um, your losses then can hurt a little bit more. And so, that, I mean, their, their highest team is number nine um, in BU and uh, right. next closest is Northeastern at 14. So, um, and if you go look at their standings, it's really muddled and they got a lot of teams in the twenties. And um, so, yeah, I think what's happening is um, obviously us, St. Cloud and Western and Omaha have had good, really good second halves, but you know, our, our second, place and I, I would say the non-conference records has pushed us up and, and has pushed Hockey East down um, to an extent. So it's interesting how it kind of all does come back around and it takes a full year of or three quarters of a year of the pairwise to really see the true picture of the national um, comparisons and such. And I mean, I think our, our league is Again, we've said it a lot on the show. Um, you know, if we start the year, you know, maybe two months later, I think it's right. it's a little bit different um, situation. Omaha is probably up in the top ten. Maybe North Dakota or Duluth are are closer to the door on on a that large bid. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's good for the league. Um, we're obviously proud to have four teams in the mix right now, and and maybe that number does continue to go up to five. I've noticed in watching, obviously, your league on a regular basis, 
occasionally watching the Big Ten and then watching Hockey East and especially ECAC. And I, I know Quinnipiac is probably far and away the best team in ECAC, uh, ranked number two in the pairwise, and they're legitimately uh, at Quinnipiac a pretty good team. But I just notice a difference in the quality of play. I really do. It's sustained possession. Uh, it's so much better in your league. The skill level is so much higher. The games are so much more entertaining in your league and in the Big Ten as opposed to Hockey East and ECAC. And uh, uh, growing up uh, uh, as an Eastern hockey guy and watching a lot of Eastern hockey, uh, the game they're playing now, considering – uh, the fact that it was 50 years ago when I was at St. Lawrence and watching Eastern hockey uh, every week, um, it's, it's not comparable. And it's, it's really remarkable that way, uh, especially in terms of the skill level and the entertainment value of the games. It's like two different games. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I have not watched as much as you have of uh, the Eastern games but certainly will likely play someone um you know from you know the ccha which is obviously in the west from um hockey east or the cac and right the first and or second round and um you know we'll get a little bit of a flavor for them as as we prepare but um yeah i think it's you're certainly seeing it um and and you just have to look at the non-conference statistics and the Big Ten and us in the NCHC of, I believe, we're the only two or uh, conferences that have finished first. And if we haven't finished first, uh, we've always been second. They've maybe had a down year where they finished third, potentially. But um, you you definitely see it, um, you know, and that's where it comes to light is in the non-conference records and, and a little bit of the Western dominance that way. We'll talk about the Saturday night game real briefly. Uh, you had to love your resilience, if nothing else, because you were uh, able to put together a three-goal rally in the third period. Uh, I think you scored uh, to make it 6-5 with more than 11 and a half minutes of the game. And I think everybody watching uh, thought that uh, unless you allowed another goal, there was a pretty good chance you could uh, get the equalizer in the last 11 and a half or so. It didn't quite uh, work out that way. Uh, you scored twice, though, within the first minute, 43, and uh, the third period. And I agree with you. That's the loudest I've ever heard the building. Yeah, I think it was um, disappointing we were in that situation. But, um, you know, it, sometimes you, you need to be in those moments to see how the group responds. And, um, you know, you go back a, a year and, a, you know, change ago, we were down 3 nothing against St. Cloud at home. We come back, and I believe we won the game 8-5. And, I think just that game gave the group a lot of confidence and um, you know, this, this year's rendition, it, it honestly might be better that we didn't come back and win because of the the conversations we've been forced to have this week and in the practices we've had. Um, but I, I still think it shows that when we need to turn it on, um, we certainly can. And, and when we play with that level of urgency, we're a lot to handle. And um, so it's like playing with that, all the time and and to see the fight back was was a good thing um and even when it got six four we didn't go away we got it to six five and um we continued to push and again it unfortunately couldn't get it it tied at six notice that 
you did have four power play goals for the weekend. You're four for nine in power play. Uh, nothing wrong there. Uh, was there anything missing uh, from the penalty kill? Because they did get three power play goals. And I know you spoke earlier about the timing of those penalties. And uh, some of the goals seem to be of the uh, uh, seen eye variety. Uh, at first glance, you weren't sure how the puck got through. Uh, it just did. Was it just one of those nights because you had been so successful in the penalty kill leading into the game? <clears throat> Even with a good power play, it was surprising that they did get three. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they uh, they changed a little bit of what they were doing. Um, you know, I, the first one, you know, we have an opportunity to go pressure the wall quicker. We don't. So they get an easy play up top get a shot through and a rebound uh, goal. Um, you know, another one, we have a failed clear where we just pass it right to them up at the top. And, and I think that's what's been excellent. One of the excellent parts of our kill is, is getting those pressure points, getting uh, the clears so that then you, it's not always how the goal goes in or uh, when it goes in, but it's how it got to that point um, on the penalty kill and, right. and on two of them the way it got to that point were things that we've been really good at lately and um, unfortunately didn't execute in those moments. So um, again, it's a, it's a good reset opportunity for us to look back at it and get better and, um, and to come work on our, our kill in a, in a good way and prepare for uh, what is a, a really excellent power play coming up this weekend. Mandy Clough alongside Coach David Carl. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl on to Western Michigan, and we'll preview the series next. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clough alongside with Coach Carl, and uh, it's on to the weekend. Kalamazoo, two games set with Western Michigan. Uh, the two teams uh, uh, that are at the top of the NCHC standings at the moment, DU at 15 and five in conference play, uh, overall 24 and eight, Western Michigan 13, six and one in the conference and overall 21, 10 and one for the season. And uh, it would seem that if you could get a split uh, this weekend, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, obviously you're uh, looking for more. Uh, five, one and one in your last seven, uh, I believe it was last February, Coach, you were in Kalamazoo. Uh, you won four to one, uh, I believe, on uh, the first night and lost six to four on the second night. Uh, uh, I take it you uh, remember back to the 4-1 game and pretty much like the way uh, that game went. Uh, this is a very good Western uh, Michigan team, and you cited – uh, these three series culminating with this one a few weeks back, North Dakota, Duluth, Western Michigan. Uh, you said that those three schools would push you in different ways. How do the Broncos push you? Yeah, they, uh, they really force you to, to be aware uh, constantly with and without the puck to manage a game, to um, try and make things hard on them, to generate offense because um, – they can generate it well enough on their own. If you give them anything for free, um, they just feed off of that. And so um, excellent offensive team, uh, Pat Firstweiler done an amazing job. You know, I think a lot of people uh, thought they would take this big step back this year, um, you know, losing some of the people they did 
And what do they do? They, they just come back and they're the top scoring offense in the country. Um, you know, again, and, and, and arguably scoring at a higher rate than they are. I mean, a year ago, they were three and a half goals a game. And right now they're above four a game. And, um, you know, who would have thought that with when you take some of the people out that they did. So um, you just have to be really aware and uh, you, know, you have to angle well, you got to check well, and you got to manage the puck well. Um, because again, you don't want to feed their transition in their offensive game. You mentioned uh, they're tied for first uh, nationally at 4.1 goals per game. You're number six at 3.8. Uh, defensively, goals against, uh, you're tied for seventh at 2.3. They're tied for 15th at 2.5. Uh, you're reasonably close shots on goal per game. You're eighth, they're 18th. Uh, you're uh, seventh in shots on goal against. Uh, 25.2, they're at 25.6, tied for eighth. Uh, power plays uh, are pretty close. You're eighth there, 13th. Uh, it is uh, a little strange that you're 46th, at least in terms of percentage, on the penalty kill, and they're tied for 56th. So yeah. uh, I, I guess for both teams, the idea is to stay out of the box uh, this weekend, although they're a big team and they do like to play aggressively. Yeah, um, it's funny how, how similar the uh, statistics are. You know, the the team defense is good, but the but the PK maybe is a little bit leaky, and, and right. obviously the offensive production um, is there for both teams. So it's it's a little bit like looking in the mirror. Um, they're certainly a little bit um, older team, a little bit bigger team, always have been. Um, but you know, I don't think that's ever been a huge factor in playing them. So it's going to be like whoever, whoever can manage the puck the best and make it harder on and not give easy offense. Um, that's probably going to have success and keep their emotional control and, and stay out of the penalty box um, because both power plays can, can feed off of it. Well, uh, we talk about five on five and how two teams can be any closer. I don't know. Uh, you're 79 to 41 in goals scored goals against uh, at even strength anyway, and that's a plus 38, and they've scored 90 and allowed 48. That's a difference of plus 42. Uh, you have 65.8% uh, of the even strength goals in your games. They have 65.2% uh, mm. of the even strength goals uh, in their games, and it just goes on and on, but you hit on the big difference. Uh, they're the uh, eighth biggest team in the country, and you're the eighth lightest team in the country. Yeah, so our um, again, I think we do it a little bit different ways, but but similarly as well. And um, so yeah, I mean our our puck pressure game is going to need to be good. Our our angling and um, again, it's just going to be it's going to be great hockey. I mean, it, it'll be on national TV on Friday yes. night, uh, carried on CBS uh, nationally, and I think it'll be a great showcase for college hockey for our league and. Um, you know, we're, we're really excited about the challenge and um, they're a great hockey team, certainly um, a national contender, as are we, and a great measuring stick weekend to go into a hostile environment and see how we handle ourselves. In the NCHC uh, over the last decade, you're 19-9 and two against them uh, for many years, coached by Andy Murray, former National Hockey League coach, uh, most memorably with the Los Angeles Kings. They had a couple of uh, fierce playoff series with the Avalanche uh, around 20, 21 years ago. Uh, are they any different now 
under a new coach than they had been under Murray. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, Pat's ability probably to get them going offensively in a big time way is in making, you know, how dangerous they are um, with not a lot of time and space, I think seems to be the biggest thing. But I mean, they were, they were a little bit that way uh, with Andy as well. I mean, they have very good offensive players and they could score in bunches, but um, I think you're seeing them, um, you're seeing them peak here at the right time of the year. And I think that's a real credit to Pat and in, in their, their staff and in what they're doing and um, those types of things. So um, no, it's, it's, they're doing a great job. They always have, um, you know, but it, this group is, is certainly, um, seem to be poised for um, a good playoff run and um, we're excited to, to take part in a really competitive series and that's what we talk about at the NCHC is we make each other better and um, we're going to go in there and they're going to push us and we're going to push them and um, we got a lot on the line nationally and in conference and it's going to be heated and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You inclined to more or less leave your line combinations as they were. You mentioned earlier on the program how good Rizzo was with Bros and, of course, Divine last weekend. You inclined to leave them together? Um, we may make a few changes just going on the road and trying to give a little bit of a different look. But, right. um, well, today is kind of a day, uh, as we record this on Wednesday, that we, we start to look at um, those types of things and try and solidify them. So um, time will tell. All right, we'll let you go, but uh, we wish you all the best. And again, we remind people 5 p.m. start Friday night. It'll be on CBS Sportsnet at 5 p.m. And you can hear it on 104.3 The Fan HD3, 104.3 The Fan HD3, of course, on Saturday afternoon, uh, 4 p.m. start. Uh, good luck, Coach. Uh, uh, this is a, a great series this time of year to watch, I'm sure. And uh, two teams that uh, are, are fighting, basically, just you two teams uh, in contention for first place. Uh, good luck. Come back with some points. Thank you. That's the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough, and we will see you again next week.